Do you dream about your next trip? You're in the right place. On the Time to Talk Travel podcast, we come to you weekly to share places to go and what to do when you get there. Let's dive into this week's adventure. Hi, this is Nasreen with Time to Talk Travel, and I'm here with Des, Sharon, and Mo. And we're just going to jump right into it today because we've already been talking for a couple of minutes, and we didn't even have this topic on the docket to record today. We started talking about things that have happened recently, like the panel flying off the plane on Alaska Airlines, and we were talking about travel fears, and we have already lost Mo. She is just, she's confused. She doesn't know what we're talking about because we were all talking about, and we'll just lead off with this one, that if you change your flight at the airport, I used to business travel a lot. If I get on the earlier flight or push my flight back to give myself more time, did I make the right choice? Am I getting off of a flight that something's going to happen on or putting myself onto a flight that something's going to happen on? And three of us have that thought process. And I'm going to let Mo start because Mo's like, I don't know what you're talking about. I had to stop you. <laughs> what are you people talking about? Okay. So if you get the earlier flight, you get home faster or you take the later flight, you get there later. Like that is it. What is this? Like you might die on one flight or not on another. That's what goes through your head? It's a fate thing, but it's but I feel like I have a very strong sense of intuition sometimes. Like I have been on the highway driving, which I did a lot in some of my traveling sales jobs, and I have been like something is very wrong, I need to stop. And I will pull off the highway and when I get back on there has been an accident, a major one. And so I trust my instincts, but maybe sometimes it makes me a little crazy. Think I serve alcohol at the airport. <laughs> I, I do that too. I don't have her instincts, but I do have those, this, it's not fears, but maybe it's a little anxiety, but it's this, if you turn left, your life goes this way. If you turn right, your life goes this way. I'm that person who, I don't overthink it. I mean, it is what it is. I'm going to take what comes, but absolutely. But I will say after the Alaska Airlines flight where just a, a part of the plane flew off, I might be reevaluating that because on this flight, they were fortunate that two things. They were fortunate no one was in that seat next to the part that flew off, but also they were still not at cruising altitude. So everyone was still required to have seatbelts on. Mm -hmm. Those people who cheat and don't put on their seatbelts, my daughter tries to do this every flight. She's like, I hate wearing a seatbelt. I'm like, just humor me, you know, at least for takeoff and landing. I will also now be that person who keeps the seatbelt on the whole freaking flight. I, just, I do that, but I just don't want them to wake me up if I fall asleep. Not because I'm going to get no. sucked out the side of the plane. I'm still going to sit in the emergency exit row. I still love that row. Now I have full-on fear of flying. I've been battling it for 30 years. It comes and goes, but it was triggered by a crash landing. I was in a plane that lost an engine that got hit by lightning in my 20s, and I always leave my seatbelt on. <laughs> I've had to assume the crash position. I'm already a person that struggles with anxiety, but it's changed me. I do have that fear, and there's a famous family story about changing flights when we were flying to, oh gosh, it was a wedding with all the kids, but they were little at the time and a Spirit Airlines plane had just crashed and we were on Spirit and I just got the woogie. I was like, I can't get on this plane. I made my husband change our flights at the airport and spend like $4,000 to get to where we were going. I will never, ever live that down because the plane that we didn't get on did not crash. But it had bad juju for you. <laughs> but it had bad juju for me. If it had crashed, that, that would have been horrible. Good man, but you would have been like, man, I was right. It's a good man, but like, it's been oh, it's been like 20 years. 
and he still burns it. <laughs> okay. Anytime I get nervous about something, he's like the four thousand dollar flight. See, I don't even think for me it's necessarily anxiety or nerves. I like to think I'm all about the story, and for me, some of it is just like playing out scenarios in my head. What would I do in this situation? What would I do in that situation? What could happen? Like it's about the plot, right? So. It's not that I'm sitting there going, oh my goodness, is this the wrong flight to take? It's like, what will this do to my story? And I'm not overly anxious about it. I'm just visualizing it. And I don't do it every time, but I have my days where I'm like, mm, I'm making a choice here. I wonder which choose your own adventure chapter in the book this brings me to. As somebody who does struggle with truly with anxiety, particularly around flying, I didn't have any issue. I was like Mo before. Before that, I was like, never, ever afraid. I couldn't even visualize it. And the funny thing is I was with a friend who had severe fear of flying on that flight. So maybe it was like it jumped to me from her. It can be debilitating to your story to have that fear. There was 10 years that I didn't travel and travel is my favorite thing. So having a plan, if you do struggle with anxiety of how you're going to still live your life and do the things that matter to you can be really, really important. And I don't know if any of you have any pre-flight rituals or any like anxiety tips for how you deal with your fears around flying or oats or any other thing, but I'd love I'm, to talk about that. I'm your opposite. I've been on flights where like, when we were trying to land at Santorini the last time and we were just hopping up and down in the air and the, that's the flight where I learned the phrase blouse and skirt and we were popcorn in the air and the two gals behind me were from London and that's apparently a very common phrase over there. It's actually a Jamaican phrase, but people were screaming and I just thought it was like a, a circus ride or a carnival mm. ride. I mean, I'm good. We're not going to die. That's my mentality. I have seen people board plane. I will never forget a woman in Connecticut getting on the plane. She was the last to board and she was a nervous wreck, sobbing. And I just wanted to medicate her and just say, let somebody give her a shot, knock her out. I, I felt horrible for her because you could tell. It probably felt horrible for you having to fly with her too. <laughs> having been the person I have several friends. Having a panic yeah. attack. <laughs> I have several friends I've traveled with on ladies trips and girls weekends away and whatnot that yeah, they do have to take medication before they get on those flights because they are not good. They are not good flyers. They're really not. And it could be an hour flight or many hours. It doesn't matter. They, but they the still go. With, they don't let it stop them. The They're, problem with that now is so often, I like two or three of my last flights, you've gotten on and then they haven't taken off for whatever reason. You have to get back off after an hour. If you're passed out trying to navigate, getting a hotel or whatever, I feel I for just, you. When, I think about that episode, was it Modern Family? Was Claire, one of them was afraid to fly and doped themselves up and was a hot mess on the family vacation they were going on. I have a friend like that who travels for work sometimes and she still does it, but she doesn't like flying at all. And she'll be like, oh, there was a tram at the Tampa airport? When did I get on a tram? I'm like, like a little lower dose. Like you just down a little. <laughs> yeah, the thing about my anxiety is if I medicate myself to the point where oh, nothing's bothering me and I'm zonked out, I'm extra sure the plane's going to crash and I'm not going to have my facilities about me mm -hmm. in order to like survive. It's like I have to just medicate a little bit. 
And I've learned a lot of tricks for distracting myself. For example, um, there's a phone game, Two Dots. And I'm on level 1000. Oh, wow. You know what? I only have played the game while I fly because you can trick your brain if you're doing one of those very repetitive lighting type games where you're arranging colors and patterns. It just interrupts the whole anxiety cycle. So even, that's even better than Xanax for me. You're going to start a new trend of microdosing anxiety medication for on the plane. Just enough to get on the plane <laughs> a children's benadryl like honestly i'll tell you i take a children's benadryl and my apps and that's enough for me now that i can get on a plane and still be functional but check with your own doctor not dr Sharon. yes amazing <laughs> yeah but check with your it is important to be able to listen and get off the plane because the, the japan incident this jetliner was in a raging fire. They were really proud that the flight attendants were able to evacuate everybody in less than 18 minutes. And I'm thinking 18 minutes to get off a plane that's been hit, I'm out in eight seconds now. Like as soon as someone opens any door, but if you've been drugged up or whatever and you're passed out in your seat, I wonder how many people they had to actually drag off. Just like when they had to land the plane in the Hudson River and they're evacuating it really quick. People need to be paying attention and able to evacuate and follow instructions. So there is a fine line there. I will say, I don't want to introduce a new anxiety thing for anyone. Most like I'm ready, do it. <laughs> anyway, so, so bridges. And I know some people are like tunnels and bridges or whatever, but I was in Minnesota when the bridge fell and had just, just driven over it recently. And cars plunged into the river. I had accounts there. I went back. It, it was the road to the airport, to and from the airport. A lot of people took it all the time. Traffic was a nightmare for months and months after. And then I was in a hotel. I remember this so vividly, in a loft at the Philadelphia airport visiting another account. And there was a man who was a bridge assessor who went around the country assessing bridges. And he was a structural engineer. And he was one of the ones who went out and said, this is this assignment. This is this number. This is this number. And he basically horrified me with how many bridges out there needed desperate repairs, gave me like a couple of states that were the worst and ignited that fear that I had been like, oh, that happened. And since, you know, the bridge in Memphis got shut down because it needed work that a kayaker noticed, not anyone else, like a kayaker went under the bridge and was like, that looks really funny there in my picture. And you think about things like that and say, I'm sorry. I drive across, how many bridges do I drive? So that is a new thing, especially on travel where you're on those giant, I don't like them to begin with, the giant stretch bridges. Uh, Lake Charles in Louisiana has that giant bridge. And we know that one has issues. There's so many. In Louisiana? No. <laughs> so that's my fun other one, other than I know flying is a popular fear, but I don't like bridges and tunnels so much. I deal with it. I breathe through it or whatever, but I think about it. My father had a severe fear of bridges and we lived in New Jersey and he worked in Manhattan uh, and like, we were constantly going into Manhattan and we literally never ever went over a bridge to go into Manhattan. We only went through tunnels to get to Manhattan because of his severe fear. Of, bridges. of the Lincoln Tunnel has nothing to do with it being a tunnel. I remember looping around three different times because there was a traffic diversion. And by the third time I had run out of money for the toll. And I'm like, this can't happen again. I'm like crying in my car, trying to figure out how to get out of this loop that it keeps sending me through. But that's another story. Yeah, the result of my father's <laughs> fear of bridges is that I have a fear of tunnels. And so now I love bridges. We drive every day. We went 
say plane crash, planes, and they're afraid of planes. I'm like, it, there are many more car accidents than there are plane oh, accidents. Yeah. I guess if it's going to happen, it's going to happen. But do what you can to make it safe. Listen to the flight attendants, give the rules. I need to tell myself this because I've tuned them out too, but yeah. and they are trained for it. They are, as far as going over a bridge, I feel like if my car goes in, at least I can get myself out and I know I can swim to shore, yeah. assuming I'm not knocked out. Tunnels are a little more intimidating just because water starts spraying through the sides. You're down there. You're oh, not much. Yes, you don't need to worry about the water. When I lived in Boston, I got stuck out in Revere because I couldn't get back through the tunnel to get to the coffee shop I manage because a giant concrete slab fell from the roof of the tunnel and crushed a car. But uh, doing all these things, right? I'm flying, I'm going through tunnels, I'm going over bridges. I'm not like, oh my God, I'm not going to go through that tunnel. I'm going to go a different way. I just think about it I, respectfully. I feel like it's the respectful thing to do, to just have a healthy sense of not, I'm invincible, and then maybe I won't anger whatever tunnel spirit there is. I feel like we owe it to our listeners to to go back to share. <laughs> yes, I'm sorry for our unhinged episode where we all dump everything that we have some serious issues with. Coping, coping. First of all, it no matter how many times you've flown, business travelers, whatever, start listening to the safety announcements. As these things happen, they do add different things, mention things, different planes have changed. You may think that you've flown a million times before, but things have changed over the years. Maybe just listen to it with fresh eyes and ears next time. Yeah, yes. but don't obsess. I tend to review the flight card every time I get on a plane because every plane is different. So I always review the flight card I always count how many rows in front of me and how many rows in back of me to the nearest exit. So that's a number I have because in the event of a crash and there's no lights, you want to be able to count the seats in order to get to the exit. So that's another thing I'm always aware of when I fly. I have a little mental checklist for safety every time I get on the plane where I think about these things. And then once I think about them, though, I try not to obsess. I do try and look at the card. I definitely look at where the exit rows are and I try and count how many if I'm closer to this one or this one. I don't count both ways. I just whichever one is the closest is what I'm which I think I've ever counted. I sometimes will glance around and be like the people behind me look dumber than the people in front of me. So I'm going to go forward. But I've never really thought to be honest, I listened to the announcements. I did a travel event once where I learned how to throw open an exit door. I think I feel pretty confident on all of that stuff. I guess I think more about the big story stuff, like what would change if I went on this flight versus that flight? I don't, once I'm on it, I don't care. It's going down, it's going, something's happening. I'll figure it out then. Here's another one. I, I never on the wear open-toed <laughs> open shoes. I always wear closed-toed shoes on flights. I do not wear Crocs because Crocs are very bad with heat. They will melt on your feet in the game. <laughs> crash I think about these things, you guys. Like, oh, wow. Wow. Well, you, when the people were out on the I'm going to be plane, looking at all the people on the plane now. Going, yeah, I look at all the people on the plane. I'm like, shorts and flip-flops? That one's going down. <laughs> Not making it out alive. What do you say? I wear usually a long dress and my wedge heels. <laughs> You're done. I'm going to that door right out of the way for you. I'm never going to wear my flip-flops on a plane because those are small to pack. You wear your biggest shoes. Exactly. So heels, exactly. It's gonna keep me. Yeah, and leave them on nicely because you might get upgraded. I fly Southwest all the time. I'm not getting upgraded anywhere. 
leave your shoes on too. Cause like you take those shoes off, like the minute you take them off, that's when the plane crashes. The minute you Oh my gosh. Scientific rules of plane crashes according to Sharon. I'm sorry. I'm dying over here. This is amazing. Okay. So Mo, is there anything travel wise that you're not a fan of? Anything you're not going to do anything? I'm not going to jump out of a plane voluntarily. I can tell you that much. Did that? I've done that too. I'm not doing that. But no, I'm on the plane. I'm good. I'm cool as a cucumber. There's no big plan or stories or anxiety. I am usually just trying to get the app to work, watch a movie, sleep, get there, excited. (laughs) Those are my thoughts. No things flying off or rocks melting on my feet. I will now have anxiety on the flight. I'll be like... I'll probably have, you know, I'll be that person giggling to myself, by myself, people think is crazy because I'm thinking <laughs> of all these things that you all are thinking about. <laughs> oh my goodness. Sharon said the closed-toed shoe thing and all I could think of was tornado because that's when you prep for tornado. And again, my husband's a first responder, so maybe I'm a little too prepared sometimes. But the big rule was as soon as we knew there was a tornado warning or whatever going around, a closed-toed sh- pair of shoes for everyone went into the pantry that we would sit in if something actually came through because afterwards there's debris. You can't be walking around in open-toed shoes or barefoot because a lot of injuries come afterwards. So is that, is Sharon, is that your, that's the closed-toed flying theory is that if you cr- yeah. want to have closed-toed shoes to walk around the rubble in? You want, you want to exit the corn apart plane in your closed toed shoes not in your flip-flops oh my oh did you see the tiktok where the guy brought a parachute on the plane now it was not because he thought the plane was going to crash he was just transporting parachute because of something he was going to do later but people filmed it and freaked out because it was a low budget airline and there was a whole joke going around about how he brought it just in case what would you do if you saw someone bring a parachute on a plane I tell him to sit next to me. I'm going to jump on his back. <laughs> Go with you, man. With you. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to be terrifying because if it actually did, there probably would people would swamp him. That's how you die. Don't bring a parachute on the plane. Oh. They say not to eat the ice on a plane because there might be bacteria. I feel like there are more of those kind of risks than the other. And even then, I want ice with my Coke. I'm going to live dangerously. I've yet to die from ice. Knock on wood. The coffee yeah. could do it to you too. <laughs> coffee machines don't boil the water. So whatever water they're using, if the systems aren't clean. So you're saying stick to vodka. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay. Nice. That one I can do. I'm, I'm trying to think of any other fears specifically that we should cover. Oh, I got some. Okay. Okay. Oh, okay. Back to our favorite travelers. Like you said, keep your shoes on. It's gross. It's mostly my fear is who are going to end up sitting next to for that whole flight. And are they gross or doing annoying things? I try and keep a positive mindset because there's people that I have been on a 45 minute flight from Toronto to New York who I'm still friends with on Instagram. 10 years later, you're still connected and you still see each other's lives like that. I love that's the piece where you go, okay, what are you walking into? Like Sharon said, you have to put yourself in that right mental state to travel and not dwell on what could happen. That's bad, but maybe dwell on what could happen. That's great. Risk and reward. I have another one too. Lice is a big fear of mine and you can get lice from like plane headrests. Just FYI. That's a thing. My whole family got lice from an Airbnb when we were traveling abroad. Like literally my whole family, we were with my parents and my kids and we were all at this little Airbnb in Israel and we all got head lice. 
It makes everybody's heads itch now. It was a nightmare story. Um, I have a fear of ever anyone getting lice again. So I'm always there. But I have to say that like. How long does it take you to get on a plane? No, when your worst fears happen, it's actually. I've been in a plane that was hit by lightning and crash landed. I've gotten the lice at the B&B. I'm like, I'm probably good now, statistically. And also, I live to tell the story. And as you know what? I like to tell stories. So I'm like, you know what? These things happen. They were terrible, but they weren't like the worst thing. I And I have a funny story now. So having that perspective is sometimes a good thing. And so maybe one of our other tips is to just give grace to people because we don't know what processes they're going through as they get onto the plane or what they're worrying about. And just like you were saying with the woman who was just terrified getting on the plane, it happens where people are trying. They're really trying so that they can do things or they have a big occasion to travel for and they don't want to miss out. And so just not being a butthead at the airport and screaming and yelling and making things more stressful for people would be another piece of advice. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> would want to sit next to Mel. <laughs> Being around somebody who isn't anxious, who's mm-hmm. kind and not anxious makes such a huge difference. Mm-hmm. When you are struggling with anxiety, you're so worried about how other people are going to look at you on top of everything else. It's yeah. just, it's really such a blessing to sit next to somebody who is just kind <laughs> and patient and goes such a long way to healing that kind of fear. Yeah. I think I'm an optimistic overthinker. I think about it, but I believe everything will end well. You don't see the harm also in letting flight attendants know. As you board, just say, listen, I'm stressed over this and maybe keep an eye on me or something because they will look out for you too. They appreciate knowing who's going to be the panic or the freaker. Here's another tip is that for a lot of people like me included, (laughs) is that we know the fear is not rational. Mm -hmm. It doesn't help to sit next to somebody who's freaking out and scared and start reciting statistics because at a certain point, it, it isn't rational. It's very magical thinking. It's that if I got on the wrong flight mm-hmm. or this one in a million thing is going to happen to me. So knowing statistics isn't always helpful or calming. And you may be just as afraid of having a panic attack over something completely ridiculous as over the fear of the plane crashing, yeah. if that makes sense. I, I'm afraid that I'm going to get on a pain plane and have a panic attack just as much as I'm afraid that the plane is going to crash. So that's where being next to somebody who is calm and kind and who can distract you from your own crazy thinking that you're aware is crazy is such a great thing. You are reciting statistics to someone who is freaking out on an airplane. You're 100% the a-hole and that is a statistic don't do it it's not nice you would be shocked how many people think that it's calming did you know that you're more likely to die doing and i'm like don't tell you know i've researched the other ways to die especially if you're getting in a off a plane into a train or a car or a boat going through a tunnel over a bridge (laughs) oh that sounds like a word problem if I went on a plane going 200 and never miles an hour, and then I got off and I got onto a train that went 10 miles at this solve for, X, at for how much problem. of a chance is there for me to you know, die today? So yeah, you'll make map. it all the way to where the tunnel is going to collapse on you. Travel map. Mm. Travel map. Now I'm going to go into so fly with your friend Mo and you'll be fine. You're going to be perfectly safe and a fabulous fine. trip. But if you think that you might not, something might happen. Some of us understand. <laughs> <laughs> We're here for you. 
the rest of us are, you know, good naturedly like, cool. Didn't know people thought like that. I learned a lot today. I gotta say. <laughs> it was like hmm, so much learning today. Okay. Anything else travel fear related? And actually I'm going to throw one more in here. And this is a random one that I discovered afterwards. Have you ever been really glad you didn't know something before? Uh, so I went to Sri Lanka and we climbed Sigiriya, which is this rock fortress. It's a city like way, way up and you get to the top and you're on top of this like plateau thing that has an entire ancient city on it. And the climb up is pitched back staircase type thing, very steep. There's some cables done into the stone wall. And I have to admit, I was a little bit like, that's really high. I don't know if I like, oh my goodness, it's going to be slightly terrifying, but it was gorgeous. It was a UNESCO World Heritage Site. I didn't want to miss it. We get to the top. It's beautiful. We come down. Later on, I noticed a couple of signs talking about bees and I Googled it later. Apparently bees attack people on there every year because they nest in the rock that it's on. And some people think they are the ghosts of ancient soldiers protecting their city. And good Lord, am I glad that I did not know that before I went and did not do that research because yeah, swarms of bees attacking you as you climb up. Yeah, no, sorry. So maybe don't look at everything before you go. Sometimes it's good not to know. As someone who's allergic to bees, you've just given me something else that I will never <laughs> like, do no. and, and triggered yet another fear. I'm sorry. <laughs> Let's just go through all the things that could possibly go wrong. I'm like, you are, you're worried about bridges, but not this scary ass hike on the side of a mountain with killer bees. <laughs> I do a lot. You know what? I'm not even worried about like, I will drive across the bridges. I just think about it. And that is more a people failing, right? That is the bureaucracy not doing their job, okay? Mm -hmm. The other thing is a World Heritage Site rock. I, I've jumped out of a plane. I'm not a fan of spinning restaurants like up high. I just don't like it when they move up high. That, again, and that's a man-made. Maybe it's a man-made thing. I don't trust that everything was done correctly for that. I'm not going to go stand on that glass thing that tips out over the city. Again, man-made. Yeah. I'll do all the things. I'll do it, yeah. That's, yeah. that's the thing there. But this could be a party game, Mo. You could throw out something, and then we could tell you what could go wrong on it. I bet we could six degrees of separation. <laughs> yeah, no but, okay. So now that we've properly not helped anyone and just given them more I totally want to hear what other people are rationally or irrationally afraid of when traveling. Yes. If you see this episode, which you should really watch it because the faces are great. But if you've listened to it, if you see a clip of this, let us know what your irrational or rational travel fear is, what you can't stop thinking about, what your Roman empire of the travel world is that you always think about when you're going to go travel. You let us know what that is. In the meantime, I have talked a lot about my ridiculous thought process. Anyone else have a thought process to add or a piece of helpful advice for anyone? Make sure you download that. That's a good thing. It can be anything. It can be like any pattern making apps in particular, any you know, where you're solving patterns. Oh, I, I'll check out with a movie. I'll just watch something. And I do, I will, I do remember that for years, and I think it's still the case, airports would not show CNN actual news where you'd go sit at the, mm. because they didn't, if it had a plane crash, they weren't going to air that. So they had a special broadcast of news safe for airports. Now they show plane crash movies on planes. I yes. saw one once and I was like, that doesn't seem responsible. Okay. And also if you're going to take medication on the plane, 
test it first. Like maybe take one at home and make sure it doesn't do anything real crazy to you because you don't want to end up in a viral TikTok video, like screaming about how people aren't real or whatever else they do on planes. So test it at home first. Yeah. Don't mix it with alcohol. <laughs> don't do that. Don't tell my friends that. I say I might have been that person who, but it wasn't. It, it, yeah, it wasn't a Xanax. This brings up another travel fear, though, and I'm going to close with it. But I think I might have one that will work with Mo, that she'll okay. actually be afraid of. Okay. Okay. Let's see if he can scare me. Okay. I don't want to do anything that gets me put on the no-no list for flying. I like to travel. Can you imagine what it would be like to mix your Xanax with a, a two glasses of wine, three glasses of wine on the plane, and do something stupid and never be able to fly again? That would suck. I, okay. don't take any, I, I don't take any drugs, though. I just I okay. just stick to the vodka. Okay. But yes, don't act like an ass on a plane. That is a mm -hmm. good life rule. Yes. And we're going to close with that because that is a good life rule. <laughs> Say it one more time. Don't be an ass on the plane. Okay. Keep, keep the friendly skies friendly. Be nice. <laughs> Until next time, when we talk about something else and try not to traumatize everyone, safe travel. This has been another episode of Time to Talk Travel. Brought to you by HashtagTravels.com. You can keep in touch with us between episodes by checking out our site, joining our newsletter, or connecting with us on social. We've always got the information you need in our episode notes. Until next time, happy travels, and thanks for being a part of our trip. Oh. <laughs>